Good morning, friends. Let me just say that um, that prayer again from the song that Aaron taught us this morning. Do you bow your heads with me? Speak, Lord, for your servants are listening, and we long to hear your voice, to know your love, and to feel your heart towards us. And so, Holy Spirit, we just ask, um, would you come and open our ears um, so that we can hear and our hearts to receive uh, what you have for us in this time, in Jesus' name, amen. So sometimes as part of my vocation as a priest, um, I'm called to do some hard things. And yesterday was one of them. I led a memorial service of a beautiful young man named David Wagner. He's 23 years old. Um, he was born with Down syndrome. Um, his family attends All Angels, the church where I used to serve. And David died in a tragic accident right before Christmas at the Christian community he lived in with um, other young adults um, who have disabilities. And it was a community that he loved and who loved him. And it's hard to imagine a greater sorrow than a parent having to bury their child. And in yesterday's service, there was a specific word that just kept coming up again and again um, in talking about David. And it was beloved, you know, beloved, 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 just over and over again. His father, John, talked about just how devastated they were when they learned that he had Down syndrome and what that would mean for his life, what that would mean for their life, the life of his older brother and sister. And he said that when they started to think about what to name him, they'd gone back and forth about different names and they settled on David, um, which simply means beloved. And he said they chose that name because they wanted every time they heard his name that he would know who he was, that they would know, that he would know how loved he was just from the very beginning of his life. There's a poet named Jan Richardson who I've been reading a lot of lately, and she has um, a poem that's entitled, Beloved is Where We Begin. And it's actually about Jesus's baptism. Beloved is where we begin. And today, as Michael said, it's the first Sunday in the season of Epiphany, um, that the whole season is just all about the manifestation of Jesus to the world and about his glory being revealed. And whether that's through his miracles or his teaching or people encountering him and having their eyes opened um, in some way to who he is, um, that's what this season is about. And so it strikes me how um, before all of that, you know, before he ever said and did anything, all of the four gospel writers start with this story about his baptism by John in the river. And as Luke tells us, you know, the heavens open and the Holy Spirit descended on him like a dove. And this voice from heaven says to him, you are my son, the beloved, 
in you I am well pleased. Now, is there any greater blessing that a parent could give to their child than to just simply say, you are loved, you are loved, you are loved. Whenever I talk to parents whose child has come out to them and they feel scared because um, they don't know how to parent them or they're afraid of what their child might experience growing up in a world that may not accept them or judge them or hurt them. You know, I, I tell them about how, you know, when I talk to LGBTQ adults that I know who've been wounded um, by their experience or in the process now that they're older, just healing from that, that the wounding that they experienced came primarily from two sources, their family and their faith community. These two places that have such a powerful role in shaping a child's sense of who they are. And somewhere along the way, it was communicated to them either implicitly or explicitly, you are loved if, you are loved if you are straight, you are loved if you are heterosexual, you are loved if you fit into this gender norm, rather than you are loved, full stop. You are loved, period. You are loved because you are loved, because that is who you are, the beloved. It is your name. You can't be anything but loved. I believe that blessing of belovedness carried Jesus throughout his short life on earth. You know, that blessing carried him through the heights and the lows of his life, the adoration of the crowds and this huge following and these miraculous wonders that he performed. And it carried him through the rejection by those very same crowds, the betrayal and the abandonment by those who were closest to him. That blessing of belovedness fortified him when he was on his knees in the garden of Gethsemane, praying, not my will, but your will be done. And that blessing held him. Even at the cross, forsaken me. One of the things that made um, the memorial service yesterday particularly hard is that, you know, just four years ago, um, this February, we were in the same church, St. George's on 16th Street, for the memorial service of David's mother, Gay. And she fought a mighty battle with breast cancer and had been in remission. Um, she'd been doing really well in those recent years. And it was around this same time, four years ago, that one week she began having trouble breathing, was taken to the hospital, and she died of sudden heart failure. When we walked into St. George's a few weeks ago in preparation for the service yesterday, um, her husband, John, said, I can't believe that we're here again. It's grief upon grief. And at that service, 
four years ago, I had shared a story about Gay and sitting with her in her living room this one afternoon, just a few months before she died. And Gay was, you know, she was Texas born and bred. She grew up on a farm. She's down to earth, like truly one of the most beautiful souls that I'd ever known. And she'd been sick at that, at that moment, like nothing too serious, but it was something that might require some minor surgery for her at some point. And in the middle of talking, just like out of the blue, she says, I'm not afraid of death. I'm not afraid of death. And I remember the look on her face. Um, she wasn't like trying to be melodramatic, like that just wasn't her personality or trying to come off as like super spiritual in front of her priest. And she said it just matter of factly, like it was just true. And I'll be honest, like if anyone else had said that to me, I might be a little skeptical that they really meant it. But with Gay, I believed her because I knew that those words were hard won. She was a woman who had suffered greatly over the course of her life. I remember she had once shared a story about how in her struggle with breast cancer, how one night she locked herself in the room and she just like had it out with God. Just how angry she was at God for what she had been through and just the feelings of abandonment by God that overwhelmed her that night. And she just cried out to God, like, where were you when I was facing death? Where were you in my suffering? Why did you abandon me? And then she said, suddenly she felt God just come roaring back at her like a lion, you know, like Aslan. And he said, I was with you in your friends who came and held your hand and prayed for you while you were going through chemotherapy. I was with you in the loved ones who brought you meals and laughed and cried with you and held you when you were afraid. You know, I was with you in that valley of the shadow of death and I never left your side. And I remember her saying, you know, it was actually kind of terrifying, like how fierce God's love was. And it was like suddenly being able to see that he was with me that whole time, you know, just close and personal and in the flesh. And that moment for her became like a turning point, you know, just knowing the fierce love of God for her that says, do not fear for I'm with you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned. And the flame shall not consume you. And she believed it. That's why she was able to say, I am not afraid of death. Because she knew in that moment that when that time came on Saturday, January 20th, 2018, that Jesus, like Aslan, would come to her in that hospital room and take her by the hand and raise her from her bed, that the two of them would walk together from this life through death and into glory. The writer of the song Solomon said that love is as strong as death. 
Yeah, but he didn't yet see the full picture. You know, that Christ, the beloved son, his life and death and resurrection, that he shows us that love is actually stronger than death. In Hebrews 2, it says, since the children, and that's us, share flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared the same things so that through death, he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by the fear of death. That is the inheritance of the beloved children of God. It's freedom, born of love. There's a song by Janis Joplin called Bobby McGee, me and Bobby McGee. And she says, freedom's just another word for nothing left to lose. Freedom's just another word for nothing left to lose. And so many of us are not free because we're afraid that there's something to lose. You know, our success or reputation, or what people think of us, our sense of worth, our physical appearance, our youth, our vision of how our lives might turn out, and even our very lives on this earth. And that's what makes people, you know, like David and like his mother Gay, you know, such bright lights in a dark world. Like they have nothing left to lose because they know how deeply loved they are. And because of that, it gives them freedom to love. And that was the thing about yesterday's service. You know, I said at the beginning that the word beloved was said over and over again, but it wasn't just because David was loved, which he was greatly. It was how he made you feel when you were with him. One of the speakers yesterday, um, Stephen Steen, who was his house parent in community, said that um, people with Down syndrome are messengers of the future because the message that they have to give us is simply love, a universal love and forgiveness. And that's what that, 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 um, message of love and, and just utter grace and joy. That's the kind of messenger that David was. And when I was at All Angels, after service was over, and I'd be by the door greeting people on their way out, you know, David would come just barreling right into me with a huge hug that would nearly just knock me over, accompanied by like a big, slobbery, very wet kiss on the cheek, just like completely like drenching the left side of my face. And it felt like a baptism and a blessing just rolled into one. Blessing of belovedness and how loved that I was. Beloved is where we begin. At the beginning of 2022, this first Sunday of Epiphany, as we look for this manifestation of Jesus, this revelation of Jesus, and just keep watching for him um, in our lives and in our hurting and fearful wor world, my prayer for us this morning is that we would hear those words spoken over us, 
You are loved. You are loved. You are loved. Amen.